We are recording this at 1 p.m. on September 5th. So by the time you hear this, so much has happened in the offseason that we all forgot what happened in the playoffs all those months ago. Welcome to the Battle of Alberta podcast, the only hockey show that decided there was just too much to talk about and put it off for a month and a half. I'm Darren, the Flames fan, and with me is Stuart, the Oilers fan. Welcome back after the hiatus again, Stu. Mm-hmm. The off-season hiatus where I took diligent notes, so I have so much to talk about. I don't know if my sarcasm is coming across, but I had forgot that we were eventually going to do another episode in a couple months. So I maybe remember something that happened. We'll the off season ends at some point, right? We kept being like, we should do an episode, right? Eh, it doesn't work this weekend. Ah, we just have to do it before the season starts. And then the season starts in what, like a month or something? So yeah, we have to do it Probably. at some point. Plus, I bet you were lulled to sleep by the Oilers' complete lack of action this offseason, at least for the last, like, what, two months? Yeah, I was going to say, like, uh, as we were getting ready to record, I think we talked about everything the Oilers did, (laughs) essentially, because they did it all in the first, like, three days. So since then, I think we've done maybe one thing that we'll talk about. Probably others, but one thing that I remember of note, other than that, yeah, not much has happened since that sort of, you know, flurry of a couple things early on. (laughs) Flurry of two. (laughs) Flurry of two. Crazy blizzard. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I mean, it was always kind of destined to be like a more flame-centric episode just because the flame's pants were on fire the entire off-season, so... I mean, yeah, it's, ho- hockey news as a whole was basically flame-centric all offseason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was kind of the opposite last episode. The Flames were just kind of sitting there having things done to them as opposed to doing <laughs> anything. Unpleasant things done to them. Please stop. Why? <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, you didn't have much to talk about last episode, but uh, but now now things have happened. So maybe we should start there. Yeah, I mean, in the last episode, Johnny was already gone. So that that was a big thing, but there was kind of a holding pattern after that. I mean, I think I don't consider myself a super intense Flames fan because I've tried to get past the point where I let uh, a hockey league impact my personal life (laughs) and mental health. (laughs) But I mean, there's a lot of people that that still applies to it. I bet waiting for Kachuk's decision was excruciating Mm -hmm. because i mean that was basically about to determine the entire flames summer and i bet there was just a ton of flames fans like uh, just panicking over it every day and like wallowing (laughs) um and i was basically of the mind that whatever happens happens i'm not gonna sit here and like check the news every day because all of a sudden one day it'll happen and twitter will explode and and I'll have people texting me about what happened. So I don't need to sit here and wait for it. And uh, uh, it did happen, I think, faster than I anticipated, probably because it's always hard to look in hindsight because it's like, oh, yeah, of course they were going to trade him. But like, we, I had no idea. I, I thought mm-hmm. he might resign here. I didn't know. Um, and it was, I think, once the decision went down to trade him, then things got escalated real quick because they wanted to get that done. Um, so I was glad the waiting period wasn't too long, even though I wasn't super uh, like panicking over it. I didn't want to wait 
all like the entire summer for something to happen with Kachuk because that's that's no fun. I'm here for entertainment, mm-hmm. and uh, I was thoroughly entertained when the trade happened. I'm still entertained by it. That was <laughs> wild. Um, so I'm sure everyone knows this by now, but I might as well throw it in. Uh, the trade was Matthew Kachuk and a fourth round pick. Don't you forget for Jonathan Huberdeau, Mackenzie Weger, uh, Cole Schwint, a prospect who he is the prospect, not Cole Schwint and a prospect <laughs> and a first round pick from Florida in 2025 that had so many conditions that it will make your eyes water. Um, and I mean, as a flames fan, that trade came through and I was like, excuse me, like, is there another Huberdo? I don't know about like his little <laughs> brother, James Huberdo, and he's awful at hockey. I, I wasn't expecting a whole lot. I thought people were going to get their hopes really up and then we we're going to be super let down because it's really hard to trade someone when everyone knows you need to trade them. So this was amazing. I am so happy. I'm still so happy. Um, that that got pulled off i don't know how it pulled off i feel like i feel like all nhl general managers are smart people so i don't think it's like florida got super ripped off you know they probably know something they they know lots of things that i don't know (laughs) i I hope um i know a lot of people are going wow florida's gm must be an idiot he got ripped off so bad like uh, there has to be something that we don't know because he's not a stupid person you know he's not going oh i'm just going to give up all my best players or whatever uh that being said if if i'm the flames i still feel like as soon as that offer comes down the phone lines it's that ikea meme of you start the car like <laughs> yep definitely sign the send the paperwork absolutely uh yep that's fine no 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 please fax that over right away that's great uh like do that as fast as possible because it sounded it sounds too too good to be true like it still does i don't know mm-hmm. how you feel about it as someone who should be more rational about it maybe than i am <laughs> but like when you saw that trade what did you think <laughs> Yeah, I I agree with you. I don't think Florida got screwed. By no means is Matthew Kachuk like a loaf on the ice or anything. He like he's gonna well at least he should. I can't say he's gonna because nobody knows the future of any player. You know, any any single player, Connor McDavid's head could explode tomorrow, and we don't know his <laughs> season next year is going to be amazing, right? <laughs> there's a high probability he's going to have an amazing season. So Matthew Kachuk, like there's a very high probability he's going to do very well for the Florida Panthers. Um, But yeah, definitely looking at that list of what Calgary got in return, it looks like Calgary is going to be fine. Uh, Calgary, I think, won that trade again that's something you know we always like to talk about 20 years from now who won the trade (laughs) um and even at that point we still can't really tell but it it looks like calgary got a a heck of a deal to say the least um out of florida for for kachuk because especially if you consider again kachuk did not want to be in calgary he did not want to resign he would have had to sign um his contract was expiring so yeah calgary was really like hey guys want this thing that we that doesn't want to be here and we really have very low control over and so yeah they gotta not only considering the circumstances but even 
had Kachuk been signed to a long-term deal already, obviously this was a sign-and-trade deal, but had he been signed before that, this still looks like a really good deal. So given the circumstances, it looks like an even better deal. Yeah, I don't even think you should say obviously it was a sign-and-trade because that was the first sign-and-trade in NHL history, apparently. Um, And for those who aren't aware, because like this happens all the time in the NBA, but apparently it's forward in the NHL, and I didn't really realize that. But like, if you have someone like Kachuk that's an RFA and he can only sign with Calgary unless he's traded, like the idea is that you... Florida tells Calgary to sign him for X amount and X amount of years. That's something that Kachuk and Florida agree on. Calgary says, yeah, okay, we'll do that. And then we'll do this agreed upon trade. And they would do that because Calgary has the opportunity to sign him to an eight year deal mm-hmm. as opposed to a seven year deal. And Florida wanted that. So it's kind of an interesting side note that that's the first time apparently that that's happened in the NHL. That's kind yeah. of surprising to me, honestly. Yeah, that surprised me too. I I would expect that there's probably been some sort of like unofficial sign in trades happening where they're like yeah. conversations have happened, the contracts in the drawer sort of thing. They just wait for them to land at the new airport and then they sign it. <laughs> yeah. Probably more so those than official sign in trades. But I guess the reason I say that it seemed obvious to me is because there was no way that Florida was gonna be making that giving that much up for somebody who may not play with them this season, right? That's, that's the only reason it's obvious because uh, if it was just like a rental player, essentially uh, for zero games, (laughs) you you wouldn't be getting, you wouldn't be getting anything. So there was no question that Florida had to make sure that that long-term deal was in place in order to give up what they gave up. But yeah, impressed for sure with the deal. Yeah. And I mean, the only I guess drawback for the flames in my mind is that Kachuk was young. He's quite a bit younger than mm-hmm. Huberto, which is, I guess uh, why the trade would have been skewed Calgary's way this way. But I, I don't think youth is uh, that much more valuable in this sense, because like when I look at this trade, even if Kachuk wasn't going to leave town, I think I would like this trade anyway. <laughs> if it was, Calgary wasn't under the gun. They didn't have to make a trade, but they still did this. I would be quite happy with it still uh, because Huberto got 115 points, same as Johnny Gaudreau, second in the NHL. And I know there's a lot of criticisms about him, but the criticisms kind of fall short when you scored 115 points. (laughs) It It doesn't really matter how horrible you are on defense or whatever you still scored a lot of points and that's what you need to do you know, and Wegar is apparently going to be one of the flames top defensemen. Uh, I can't say I've watched him play very much, but the people that know more than me say that he's a really unheralded, like, I don't know if he's underrated because I think a lot of people think he's really good, but he played in Florida with Ekblad and, you know, Ekblad is the one that would get most of the press and Uyghur's the guy that, is kind of his sidekick that just did really well in his stead or, you know, it was just, he's there, but he's clearly a number one defenseman and he actually might be Calgary's number one defenseman now, which is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm excited about Cole Schwint, even though I know nothing about him besides numbers. <laughs> and, 
the first round pick is now gone. But I mean, in in total, I'm super happy with that trade. And I think it's going to be a little bit of a shock to see Jonathan Huberto on the ice for the Flames next season, even though I've seen his name countless times now and the trade reported every which way. It's still going to be weird to see him on the ice in a Flames jersey and be like, oh, that happened. And not to mention he signed for eight years now with Calgary. That's mm-hmm. that is so weird that that, <laughs> that actually happened. So and that wasn't even like the whole offseason. The Flames, you know, they signed Huberto and then they went out and signed Kadri for seven years. Just what, a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. which is wild in its own right. And they had to trade Monaghan and that Florida first to do it, which makes me very sad. Um, I have some hot takes on the Kadri thing, but what are what are your thoughts on? Kad- Did you ever see Kadri going to Calgary at all? Was that anything that you were like, oh, yeah, I could see that happening? Um, I could, but it it wasn't at the top of my likeliest of scenarios. Uh, yeah, it it seemed a little bit out of left field, not the most ridiculous thing to happen, but. I didn't think Calgary was at the top of his list, and uh, I don't. I didn't think Calgary could even get it done. Could even yeah. figure it out, right? Um, but I, I think they got a a decent deal um, on him. Decent, uh, <laughs> but like what what strikes me is is the sum of all the parts. Like I think you and I talked about this before. Like on you know draft day this year if anyone told me like knowing that okay uh johnny had left and it was almost certain that kachuk was leaving too if anyone then told me that like oh the flames are going to be a really good team this year and exciting to watch i would be like "Uh uh-huh right Did, (laughs) did, did you not see the news like they're they're losing their two top players but somehow they're like just as good, maybe even better. Time will tell on that part. But yeah, uh, overall, this is a completely different team and not in a bad way. Yeah, I would say that about the Huberto Uyghur thing. I'm less convinced on Kadri. Uh, Mm. I was, when I heard rumors, you know, they were like, oh, Kadri's in on him. And I mean, or Calgary's in on Kadri. And that's not unusual to hear because it seems like the rumors are Calgary's in on literally everybody that's ever available. (laughs) But I was like, ah, you know, I don't really want Kadri to come here because a, it would make something happen with the cap. You know, Mm -hmm. it would, you'd have to fit him in somehow. And B, I, I'm not sold on the fact that he had one amazing year last year with the Stanley cup champions. And it far exceeded any other season he's had and he's 32 years old and it seems like everyone's just kind of glossing over that a lot or hand waving it and that worries me a lot because i mean if he had had multiple really good seasons uh because he got 87 points in 71 games last year that's really good and before that his season high was 61 points and that was back in 2017 and he hasn't had many big seasons since then and he's uh, like, I mean, there were lower point totals just because of shorter seasons and everything, but 
he hadn't been even really close to a point per game until last season when he was with the Stanley Cup champions and got 87 points suddenly. And that's kind of a red flag to me. It's like this guy suddenly popped at 32 years old (laughs) and now he's cashing in on a seven years, $7 million deal. So he's going to be here until he's like 38, 39. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even necessarily necessarily believe that he's going to get that many points next year. I don't know. Like people are saying, oh, yeah, but this deal is only for the next few years. We can worry about the later years later. I'm worried about next year because he's proven he can do this once. <laughs> you yeah, know, true. I, I and I know he's a good player and he is he's he's kind of like that Matthew Kachuk thing that left right he's gritty and super annoying to play against and i joked with you that you know thoughts and prayers to all the oilers fans that were so happy that matthew kachuk left and then nazim kadri walks through the door <laughs> it's like finally we won't be annoyed by some rat oh no <laughs> you know he gives that element which is great but he's being paid for the points and i don't know that that many points are gonna come through again and I, I feel like I might be the only one. Like, I haven't really seen anyone else bring that up. Yeah, yeah, you might be. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very real possibility. Uh, I agree with some of the things you said. For sure, the term. The reason I say it was kind of a deal, um, I do have a problem with the seven years portion of it. That's that's definitely questionable. Uh you know, especially at his age, $7 million though. I think what he's done, not just in last year, I think he's in that range of a six to $7 million player. Um, and yeah, the, the seven years, that's, that's going to be a problem for the flames, I think for sure. Um, and the, the reason I think it's somewhat of a deal is because based on that one year alone, and based on winning Stanley Cup and make, having amazing points last year, he was looking for a lot more, I think. And so the fact that, he, you know, uh, obviously he couldn't get it anywhere else. So maybe that doesn't make it a deal. <laughs> like yeah. it, it's like going to, a, you know, liquidation center or something. And sure, you're getting a deal, but that's because no one would dare buy it at full <laughs> price. <laughs> I guess that's my analogy for Nazem Khan. That's pretty good. No, I, yeah. yeah, like, and I guess an argument would be, well, the Flames signed Jonathan Huberto, who's 29 or whatever for eight years. You know, that should be just as bad, right? Well, Jonathan Huberto gets a lot of assists. He doesn't run around and hit very much and get suspended very much. And and he isn't generally like a target for angry fourth liners that are out for justice. <laughs> that those are all things that Nazem Kadri is. So if you're asking me who's going to be more productive when they're 35 through 40, I'm going to go with Jonathan Huberto every time. Hmm. Uh, that being said, I'm not sad Nazem Kadri is a flame. I'm skeptical. I know he's a good player. I'm just thinking that the regret might set in earlier than (laughs) others might think, (laughs) you know, and I dearly hope that's not the case. Obviously I would love for him to be, you know, right back up at like 85 points 
annoying the heck out of Connor McDavid every night. Obviously, I just like uh, I'm being the devil's advocate here. I guess I don't really think that's going to happen. And maybe I'm just bitter because they had to trade Monahan in a first to do it. Mm. And I really like Sean Monahan, and I know he's had an awful stretch of injuries and everything like that. But I, every year I was thinking, oh, this is the year when Monahan, he's going to bounce back now. He's all better from his injuries. Everything's fine. And then he just injure something else, the other side of his body. And, you know, it would all be bad. But I was thinking the other day, I feel like making a super hot, bold take just to see what happens. And this is one I actually kind of believe in. It's not just a throwaway. I firmly believe that Sean Monahan will be within 10 points of Nazem Kadri this year, one way or the other. All right, and yeah. that the Flames gave up a first-round pick for that and that they gave up the flexibility of being able to sign Sean Monahan later to do that. So I'm thinking that that's my take. I'm thinking that we could have kept Monahan and gotten roughly the same as we're going to get from mm. Nazem Kadri, except we gave one of them a really long, really expensive deal. <laughs> so that's probably just my bias for Sean Monahan talking because I love him very much. But I mean, that's my bold take. That's my bold, sad take. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, when you were describing Kadri and what you thought of the deal, my sort of thought was, okay, so it's it's a big risk. There could be a big payoff, but it's a big risk. But really, on the other side, that's going to be the same for Monaghan, right? Because, like you said, he's had some really poor years, mostly due to injury, if not, like, entirely due to injury, <laughs> to be fair to him. So he would also be, you know, big risk to keep him less so because, you know, you don't have to sign him to a seven year, 7 million deal. Yeah. He's on an expiring contract. So, yeah. But, uh, if, you know, if if this still wasn't his bounce back year, you know, I guess maybe that's okay. Well, you've had your chance. We can't, we just can't keep risking. Um, but you know, either way, both of them would have been risky, but, um, yeah, different levels of risk, different, items that you're risking i suppose yeah i would have stuck with monahan and i guess yeah there's a lot more risk there in terms of he could just produce almost nothing and be injured and he's not really going to give you a big physical presence but i i really did believe in him i like he had a track record for more years than i think we remember of just scoring 30 goals and you know he was like he was really good and uh, I think Montreal got a steal of a deal there because they got a first along with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't really have any expectations. They can re-sign him if he wants to stay there and he does well, or they can uh, move on afterwards. And I also think that whoever gets him in free agency is also going to have a steal. So keep your eye on Sean Monahan next year. I think whoever, like, it's Sean Monahan. No one's going to, like, he's barely going to make the news. And someone's going to sign him for like half of what he's worth. And he's going to be awesome. That's my prediction for him. I just, I just really miss him. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, you like Ryan Nugent Hopkins. It's kind of the same thing. I don't know why. I just really, really like him. Fair. That's fair. I I understand. I, I would be devastated. Yeah. 
it also kind of someone pointed this out. I think it was on on the radio, but it's kind of like the end of an era for the Flames. Like Sean mm, Monaghan started their rebuild era, and uh, that's basically over now. Like Michael Backlund is the only one left over. He's kind of got that like flashbacks from you know he was he was around when Aginla was still there. He's the only one that's been around. The turnover has been crazy, and I know that happens for every team, but it's always wild to see like your roster four years ago and you can't remember 80% of the players. <laughs> Who are these people? <laughs> so yeah, crazy off season for the flames. Um, a little less. So for the Oilers did, uh, is there anything that happened that we can talk about? A uh, couple of things happen depending on when we last recorded. Cause my memory is terrible. Uh, but I think two things have happened. One thing for sure since we last recorded was they did re-sign Yamamoto. Okay. Uh, not to a long-term deal or anything. Uh, two years, roughly 3 million something average, 3.1, I think. So that's good. I'm glad we did that. It's, again, not a long-term deal, but I'll take it. That's a decent deal for him. Uh, the other thing that I think was after we last recorded, I don't remember talking about this, is that they did, in fact, sign... Puliyarvi, um, whether that means anything, it's only a one-year deal, so um, and it's three million dollars. Again, not bad. I feel like both Puliyarvi and Holland are just keep sort of like kicking the can down the road every year here, right? Like, I, I'm pretty sure you could find a recording of uh, of us last summer. Maybe, maybe two summers ago. I don't know. Every <laughs> su- possibly every summer since we drafted the guy, saying like this is a great idea. Uh, you know, we're we're saying we're going to take a risk on you, but you got to prove to us that you're worth it. And this gives him motivation to play well too. I'm pretty sure I've said this like every time we re-sign, every time we rehash this deal. Uh, it feels like it's been multiple times, but that doesn't even seem right for how contracts work. Maybe it has. <laughs> But anyways, we're doing it again is what's happening here. So, yeah, they signed him to one year, $3 million. Again, I do think that's a good deal because uh, he he is good. He, he's, he should be good. <laughs> and so I, I think, you know, he's we're giving him the motivation to prove himself. Like, uh, eventually I'm going to grow tired of making that argument and be like, okay, clearly you're not making it work. Um, but I do want to see more out of him, and I hope this uh, short deal will motivate him. And I hope he truly finds his place with the Oilers so that he, when he does have a stellar year, he wants to stay with the Oilers. Um, and, you know, that he can recognize that not only does he make the Oilers better, but the Oilers make him better too. That's a lot to ask for. <laughs> But uh, that, that's my thoughts on Puliyarvi. Possibly my thoughts on Puliyarvi again. I don't know how many times I've said that, but yeah, between those two signings, a couple of tiny things compared to uh, some a bigger news earlier on that we've already talked about. But other than that, not too much has happened with the Oilers as of late. Yeah, you're saying uh, you saying that they signed some RFAs reminded me that the Flames also re-signed Manjapani and Chillington, and I totally forgot about that. <laughs> Amazing. But for the Pooley-Arvey thing, it kind of reminds me of Sam Bennett a lot. Like, oh, yeah. drafted high, expect a lot out of them, 
and then they continually disappoint to varying degrees solely because of their draft status right like if they weren't drafted so high you wouldn't be expecting so much out of them all the time and you're like come on do more and then you're just hoping it's with your team that they do more you know it's it's a pretty it really seems like a really simple parallel to me i guess the only thing left to decide like to find out is if he does figure it out with the oilers or if he has to go somewhere else to figure it out which is what happened with sam bennett um i like i think he's a good player too and i think we've talked about it before that all the fancy stats make it look like he should be an excellent player, but the puck just doesn't go in the net for some reason. Yeah. And even if the puck doesn't go in the net all the time for him, he's still pretty useful because he's good on defense, which the Oilers dearly need. And he's Mm -hmm. big, which every coach and manager likes. So yeah, I mean, for the flame's sake, I hope he doesn't figure it out and he gets shipped off somewhere else. But, um, yeah, it's. I guess it's just kind of a waiting game to see if this is the year. Is this the year <laughs> for him? Like he gets all the opportunity in the world, basically, right? He's he's played with McDavid. I don't think you can get more opportunity than that. So, I mean, I can't call them bad signings. They're just signings. They're exactly what you would expect, I think. Yeah, yeah. Pretty cookie cutter. Now it is time for Sellies and Scorn. I'm going to go first to give Stu time to sift through all of his options and (laughs) and pick one. Um, I'm going to go with my Selly first, which is basically going to piggyback off of my pining for uh, my Selly's for Sean Monaghan because he was such a great flame and I just feel like I have to give like some sort of flame eulogy for him he was just one of my favorite flames I think he was my favorite flame for the past like six or seven years eight or nine I forget how long he's been here but there was just something about the fact that he was considered boring and like he talked in monotone all the time and all he did was just score his face off and it was just kind of fun to watch him play and then when he was traded uh, some stories came out from Flames sources. Um, one of them was about, actually, this wasn't even a Flames source. It was just uh, a Flames fan saying that they were sad to see Monahan go, and he was such a great member of the community. And he was never somebody like heard about that much, uh, like what he did off ice and everything, because I don't know, maybe it was the boring meme or whatever that made him not interesting. But. Uh, this person said that they were always going to be grateful to him because apparently he solo funded a mental health unit uh, in Foothills hospital, I think. And he was the main benefactor for that. And I had never heard of that before, but he, yeah, the whole time he was in Calgary, he kept up that mental health unit. And this person said that their relative or like, I think it was a, a, one of their children spent a lot of time there and they were really grateful that Monahan funded that place and it was super helpful and i thought that was incredible and also another kind of tearjerker is that um a while like a few years ago tj brody at a flames uh, practice collapsed on the ice i don't know if you remember that one but he had some sort of health episode i don't remember what it was but it was very scary he collapsed on the ice and apparently the first thing monahan did was uh, he ran off the ice and grabbed his phone and tried to call TJ Brody's wife and he couldn't get a hold of her. And so Monahan then called 
his girlfriend because they lived close to the Brodies, and he told his girlfriend to go over to the Brodies' house and tell his wife so that she wouldn't find out on social media or mm. from anywhere she didn't want to. And I just thought that was like really that's not something I would really ever think about if someone's, you know, in, in a health crisis, I'd probably just panic or whatever. But the fact that he immediately thought I have to let his wife know before she finds out any other way that would be terrible. And I just thought that was a really stand up thing. And it's not something you would hear really about many hockey players, but especially about Monaghan because you just didn't really hear anything about him at all. And I just thought that was really cool and exemplified kind of his time with the Flames, how he was just in the background. But then when he leaves, you hear all these great stories about him. And it was it was great to have him on the team. And it's sad we couldn't appreciate him more while he was here. And it's really sad that he had all those injuries. I think they interviewed Eric Goodbranson and they asked him briefly about Monaghan. And he said, I've never met a tougher hockey player. And he said, that's a cliche. I get it. But he's like, I've never Monaghan had double digit surgeries and he just wouldn't tell anybody that he was hurt. And I, w- I don't agree with that mindset, right? <laughs> but like the fact remains that he's still an incredibly tough guy that took a lot of heat from flames fans and everybody for being a bad player in the last few years when he was like struggling immensely with all these injuries. So Kudos to him. I dearly hope he does amazing in Montreal, not only because I like him, but also for my great prediction. And uh, yeah, I don't really watch many X flames or whatever. I don't usually like go out of my way to watch games of X flames, but I think Monaghan might be an exception. If there's a Montreal game on, I'll probably leave it on just out of curiosity to see how he's doing. So Sally for Sean Monaghan. So glad he was a flame for so long. And I will make phone calls to Brad for living if he becomes a UFA and I want him to sign back here. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be interesting to see how much pull you have with your living, but <laughs> probably none. He'll probably block me. <laughs> if I had to guess. All right. Well, switching gears a little bit. My, <laughs> my Sally is not nearly as uh, impactful or emotional but it is for the legendary Yammer Yager. Oh, yeah. Why, you might ask, is he still in conversation <laughs> today? But uh, so to put some uh, context, let me set the stage for you. Sportsnet, as many sports news outlets do, had nothing to talk about. So they decided to <laughs> sort of post this, you know, top 100 players of all time or something like that. I don't know if it was 100, I don't know if it was 50, whatever it was, top some players of all time. So they posted this on uh, on all the social medias. And this one troll goes on there and says, you know, 50% of these guys wouldn't even put up 60 points in today's NHL, right? We, we've all heard this, like, <laughs> oh, Gretzky would be lousy these days. Like, these guys would skate circles around him. Yammer Yager decides to respond to this <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> and his response is amazing. And I'm paraphrasing it a little bit because Yammer Yager's uh, skills are exclusively on the rink, doesn't appear to be with typing on his phone. But <laughs> basically he says he's, he's done it before. He had 66 points at the age of 44 six years ago. 
And some of the players on this list are better than me. Mario or Wayne would be unstoppable. So I just want to break a few of these things down. <laughs> Yammer Yager, with a little bit of a humble brag of no big deal, I got 66 points at 44 in the modern NHL. And then a little bit of a another humble brag of some of these players are better than me. <laughs> just two. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like, you know, these guys are good, but I'm on this list too. Again, you know, I don't exactly know the specifics of the list itself, but, you know, he's like, I'm here too. And uh, and then, you know, just obviously throws it to Mario Lemieux and Wayne Gretzky. At least I'm assuming that's the Mario and Wayne he's referring to. <laughs> That those guys would be unstoppable even in today's league, which is definitely sort of a, a hot take if you listen to a lot of pundits like, oh, yeah, the game's totally different. They're fast. But I just thought that was really hilarious that Yager, you know, steps up to fight off this Internet troll <laughs> to defend uh, Lemieux and Gretzky and then throws in a couple humble brags about how amazing he was when he was ancient, uh, even in the modern NHL, and about how some of the players on this list are better than him. <laughs> Yammer Yager is always uh, good for a laugh or two. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, I mean, he's got a rock solid point there, if we're being honest. Yeah, 40, absolutely. 66 points at 44. Like, you can't yeah. bust that narrative of like these guys wouldn't make it now any harder than that. That yeah. pretty much that basically puts that whole argument to bed, in my opinion. Like, it's not even that uh, 44. Right. Yeah. Modern NHL players can't, uh, modern, whatever, you know, no NHL players play till 44 except Yager. And they certainly aren't getting 66 points. Like, they would get two, maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he had a great point. It was really funny. I love that. <laughs> yeah so you, you, not that you anyone will stop that narrative anyway but still no, exactly well yeah basically for sure like again he's at 44 and he put up that many points so if you think about him at his prime or any of these other guys at their prime and put him in you know even just six years ago uh when the game had already gotten so much faster than the back in the day like they they would skate circles around a lot of these guys i think oh yeah Easily. If, listen, if, yeah. if someone else doesn't want Prime Yager or Mario on their team today, I'll take them. That's okay. Yeah. I can have them. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> if you think they can hack it and they'll be a fourth liner, I'll take them. <laughs> yeah, I'll take my chances. Um, speaking of taking your chances, my scorn <laughs> is, is uh, well, how should I put this? What is it for? Hmm, it's for the idea of this whole thing. It's Brad Marchand coming out with a cereal called March Munch Cinnamon Crunch. Uh, and I realize he's not the first athlete to make a breakfast cereal. So many athletes have done that. And I don't know why it's always exclusively breakfast cereal. Like, why don't you branch out? Is this proven to be the only thing that people will buy if it has an athlete's face on it in terms of food products? I don't know. Why Brad Marchand is my question. That's my <laughs> biggest question because I would never be so unconvinced that I wasn't going to be poisoned by <laughs> food or like a fist wasn't going to come out of the box and punch me for a laugh or something. I don't know. Like, why would you have Brad Marchand, one of the most hated NHLers, 
put his face on breakfast cereal and I realized it's targeted at Boston Bruins fans and was almost exclusively sold in that area. But the point still remains that Brad Marchand seems like an odd choice. Like even as a Flames fan, I'm not buying a box of Kachukios probably. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I don't want to see his face on a box. I, even when he was still here, I'd be like, that's unsettling. I don't think I don't think I want to eat a food product associated with somebody that's dirty on the ice or whatever. Um, it's weird. Mar- and the name March Munch Cinnamon Crunch, if you're wondering, <laughs> it's just Cinnamon Toast Crunch rebranded with Brad Marchand's face slapped onto it. But just what a weird, what a weird player to choose. Yeah, he's good, but it's, oh, it's just I would never buy a box of that. I wouldn't eat a box of that. I know Boston Boston sports fans in general are weird, and it probably sold amazingly. But just that's that's so strange. I am way more likely to buy uh, Snoop Loops, which is Snoop Dogg's <laughs> Fruit Loops cereal that just also recently came out, and I don't even listen to his music. I just think that's way funnier. So yeah, March Munch Cinnamon Crunch. It's fun to say, but uh, <laughs> that's my scoring. Just weird all around. All right. I, I have a few things to add here. Number one, fun to say not to eat. That should be their tagline. It's <laughs> <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Number two, you absolutely broke me with Kachukio. <laughs> oh. That is too good to pass up. That's going to happen too, probably. Oh, it's, it's gotta. <laughs> and, and number three is I really want to really branch out on your idea of let's use these hockey players on different foods. Like I'm thinking like Crosby's face on a head of lettuce, uh, Ovechkin on some beef stock or something <laughs> yeah. like Mangiapani <laughs> on a loaf of bread like that yeah, one's well, a that's, no-brainer that's much right? more obvious yeah yeah I, I think there's a lot of opportunity in the market here that hasn't been uh hasn't been uh you know got into yet we we gotta we gotta call these guys uh, their agents up <laughs> yeah they they're missing out on a lot and i mean somebody better than us could come up with way better puns just off the top of their head Nothing like will come. Was, was my maximum. I don't know. I can't think of anything else Nothing right off the top of my that. head. <laughs> Would you buy a box of Kachukios or March Munch Cinnamon Crunch if you saw it? Uh, yeah, probably. Okay. Like if I saw it, yeah, uh, yeah, I probably would. Okay, okay. It was way back in the day when I was, I cheered for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. It was dark times in my life. Anyways. <laughs> I did buy a box of Fantuse flakes once upon a time. Andy yeah, Fantuse, well, yeah. So I'm not saying that athlete branded cereal as a whole is a bad idea. I've succumbed to that temptation. Just Brad Marchand with March Munch Cinnamon Crunch. It's just that's just not it for me. Oh, March Munch Cinnamon Crunch. <laughs> I got to think of an Oilers one. There's I, not off the top of my head, but I don't know enough no. breakfast cereals is my problem. Uh, yeah, I guess that is a problem for that. <laughs> we'll 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 think of some good ones for the and we'll we'll bring them next episode. I know, I've got an idea. 
We're uh-huh. gonna call to action the listeners. If you think of great serial name puns, oh yeah, text them to us. <laughs> I was gonna say, Please. yeah, I I don't know. Reach out to us on social. We know media. we don't use social media, so just text us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think we have a Twitter. Go find it. We have a website, Battle of Alberta, the Battle of Alberta podcast.com. And on there, we probably have links to our Twitter and email. Probably. Send, send a carrier pigeon if you need. We need these puns. <laughs> oh, all right. I, I've got myself a scorn. I, I feel like this ain't going to top Kachakios, though, but uh, but I, <laughs> you don't have I, to. I, I, I got to bring it you up. You have to make the art. Listen, you have to make the uh, the episode <laughs> artwork for Kachakios now. I hope you understand. Oh, oh there's going to be a few different boxes on there. My my mind is brewing already, but <laughs> nice. Um, but no, I have to bring this one up. This uh, this scorn. It's it's very important. There's there's a huge issue with professional athletes all around, not just NHLers. About uh, you know they get all this money, they earn millions and millions of dollars, and and they blow it all. Right. So mm-hmm. I want to specifically scorn Kale McCarr for making some <laughs> <laughs> for making some very. Uh, rash just yeah rash decisions after he won the stanley cup so some news outlets were going around asking the nhl players like their biggest impulse purchases over the last 12 months and you know kale mccarr he won the stanley cup he was in party mode nothing was stopping him so his response was the other day i was driving and i stopped to buy myself a slurpee i wouldn't usually do that but i did And not only that, but he put the Slurpee in the Stanley Cup. <laughs> <laughs> of course you would. <laughs> so um, props slash scorn to Kale McCarr for the most wholesome Stanley Cup <laughs> celebration and the most pathetic uh, <laughs> impulse splurge for someone who makes double digits millions of dollars. Yeah. Little did we know that is the rosy-cheeked, cherubic face of financial irresponsibility <laughs> staring back at us. Uh, yeah. What a guy. That, Slurpee. It's like $2 to fill this stomach up with a Slurpee. I don't know. That bowl is pretty big. That, that was probably big. good Slurpees are like Slurpee. <laughs> I don't know. It's been a long time since I bought a Slurpee. I'm assuming it's like gas no, and like price right. per liter. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> liter of slurp mm. <laughs> oh, oh. that's amazing come on kale mccarr be better yeah all right everyone thank you for listening to this episode of the battle of alberta podcast episode 49 i'll have you know so whenever we decide to do another one probably the start of the season that'll be episode 50 so we will definitely have something big planned for sure we're just at the hype before we even figure out what that is <laughs> or when it is <laughs> yeah that too but anyways thank you for listening to this episode the lowly 49 we hope you enjoyed it be sure to rate it and subscribe to our podcast that gets us a few more listeners and go to www.thebattleofalbertapodcast.com you can find all of our episodes there be sure to send us in your really terrible uh, athlete food name puns. Text us, whatever, email, I don't care. Just send them because that would be hilarious. I would love to read out if anyone has any ideas. So uh, 
Make sure to tune in for episode number 50 whenever that comes out. And thank you once again for listening to this episode of the Battle of Alberta podcast.